LOI Central Word. It's episode 30 of LOI Central on today's show in association with futureticketing.ie. We have Wexford boss Ian Ryan will be coming on the show, joined by Shelburne's Georgie Poynton, who will be toasting and celebrating Shelburne's not unexpected and very hasty return to the Premier Division. Later on, we'll be giving away a four star pizza. And we are here in Oliver Marketing, thanks to the lads in Glasnevin for putting us up. So uh, a little bit of a First Vision team to the show today, but also we'll be chatting about uh, more just extrapolating a bit on last week's education and football, because I know Ian Ryan will want to talk about that. Georgie Poynton will no doubt have plenty of views on his old club at Dundalk. And Dan, you're getting ready for another trip to Baku. Another trip to Baku, yeah. Uh, we've, we've When are you off? I'm off to, well, we're talking on Tuesday now, I'm off Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday morning, I had my first ever COVID test in the airport last night. Half ten. Oh wow! Up in the because you have to you need a PCR test to get in. I got the result this morning. I'm clear. I'm COVID clear, which is good Just news. Throw that out there. Yeah, I, I hadn't had the COVID test before. Did you have a COVID test ever? No, 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 no. I, I Derek, Derek is pointing that Derek he had two. three. No, because two people that Johnny, if uh, two, two people, you are, you are the person more two, than anyone who uh, I know who I think needed a COVID test. Uh, why? At various, I, 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 your conduct early on in the pandemic was was highly questionable. It wasn't. I would say it was it really wasn't. Yeah, I, like I, there were a couple of sporadic kind of. You were um, not out breakouts. with a load of people in the pub before Christmas who all got COVID. No, so that was uh, the week before Christmas where I was about an hour in a pub in town with four people, all legit, completely legit. We were outdoors initially, then we were indoors for maybe half an hour, and two people in that meant par- the people weren't legit. Two people in that party did end up getting COVID. They told me a week later, but it was something completely separate. Um, but no, I like. How do you know it was something completely separate? Uh, They're fairly confident it wasn't. No, well, no, neither, neither the the people there that I didn't get it. How do you know? Well, the person who was with me there that day got a test, didn't get it. I had no symptoms. I went home to my parents, didn't bring anything. <laughs> so, no. You don't, and you, I, but you don't know. That's the beauty of it. You actually don't know. I was sort of worried that I might have had it even without knowing it. It's virtually certain I did not have COVID at any stage. I had no symptoms. And anyone who was around me had never had any symptoms. Um, did your housemates have it? My flatmate got it, to be fair. so All of your housemates got it, didn't they? One flatmate. Yeah. 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 Got it, but that was uh, that was quickly explained away. I was worried at that stage. I was worried <laughs> at that like, stage. I this might is have unbelievable. This is like this is like Matt Hancock on that show with Pierce Morgan or something. Well, my girlfriend got a COVID test at that time, and she didn't. So have you it. sent her to do it. it was absolute. Well, that, 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 she, she, this is, this she was worried about this it. Is, this, I wasn't. This I had is, no symptoms. This is manners nowadays. Like you let your you let your girlfriend go and do the COVID test for you. You know, you she you, was a, she you was, hold the door open for them into the COVID testing centre, you wait for their result and then you use their she result as evidence it. that you're probably I was, okay. She was worried about it but neither was the symptoms so it was, well if you don't have it, I certainly don't have it because no. the only way you could have gotten it is off me. Yeah. Literally. Anyway, we're By back process to, of... Uh, back to back. What has this got to do with fucking back? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Back to back. I, I don't like the line of question either. Like generally my behaviour <laughs> during the pandemic was actually very good and it was very conscious. It was, it was possibly more of your social media activity. Of course, you don't, you're not on social media anymore. Apart from, of course, at the LOI Central pod account. I feel like I should send a disclaimer to some people here to say if you see any suspicious activity on the LOI Central pod account, um, it's, it's not my deal. Could doing. be Dale as well. To yeah, be it's unlikely to be Dale. I feel like I, ha- yeah. I now have a routine in the evening, right, where I go and I collect my child's toys and I clean them up. You know, I wash the bottles. I've mentioned this before for the following morning. And Throw then the I, toys and, out of the pram and, 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 well. and then I go on to the LOI Central pod account to see what Johnny has been tweeting that day to clean it up. Because I, what was the one the other day you had? Um, like, I, I remember being accosted by someone recently who was saying that we do have um, favourites, you know, favourite managers 
pictures and stuff like that. And you'd retweeted something from the Yellowby Central account of someone referring to Rory Higgins as the new king of the north. And you just retweeted it for no apparent reason. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a, wasn't I think a link Derry to a had put a link up. To, I don't really know what that was about, to be honest. It was, <laughs> it was trying you, to get a few Derry people you, to, to, you, you, to listen you to the tweet, show. You, then you tweeted a story from the Belfast Telegraph about the Irish League coverage of 140 uh, Irish League games. Do you remember doing that? That was a retweet, yeah. That was a massive deal for Irish League football. Yeah. Yeah, which was well, entirely topical considering... But we that was just said, that's just a subtweet. Like, huh? really. That was, that, that, we, they, that we, was we, you we, using our Twitter account to have a dig at someone. Like, you know. No, it was like, this is what's happening up north. Just, it's just yeah. so, you know, Gary Spain, yeah. Irish Football Fan TV, got a big interview with uh, uh, Doherty there the other day. Gary Spain's crew put it up. Gary Spain put a link up and I retweeted it. Big deal. Yeah. Um, you had a picture I, of Andy Lyons in the scooter that caused problems with uh, our he friends was our guest on the show. Um, D- didn't mention it in the picture. I did actually text you though that I thought RT's coverage of the draw to Pats game was very good. Lots of camera angles. Terrible game for the first half, which wasn't entirely yeah, unexpected. It was wrong game. Ba- bad ground, as you'd say. But, we, uh, raised, we raised the issue before with that mm, game. And, I was in Tala for a really good game, but you know you can't be in Tala. Back to week. back you though, I should say. Yeah. 2019, great memories, to be yeah. fair. Um, of Carabag a hammering for Dundalk yeah yeah. Jamie McGrath was was up for press yesterday and he was reflecting on it obviously because he was he mm. was there at the time and do you remember that story I don't know if you remember it um, but Jamie McGrath and Sean Gannon were taking photos that's right yeah and the, the local they didn't have a permit I think for the area that they were in and stuff um, but yeah back here yeah, it's a weird place it, it, like yeah it's, it's sort of um, there's a few Irish fans travelling I think this week I can't remember was there many Dundalk fans there in 2019 I sort of I can't really recall because I think it was quite expensive in the middle of a run. And, yeah, and unless you were on the charter, I think it was quite difficult to go. Yeah, well, there were there were a small number of fans small in a small number. ground. Because yeah. I remember we remember we ended up sort of around ten um, in one the of the old nights, town. the old town, like playing a bit of pool with a couple of locals, and uh, mm. I, I vaguely recall you whistling the anthem on the street. Mm. Yeah, you, could you give us a couple of bars? No, it's very, too long. Uh, can you give us the intro? Uh, nah, it's too come long. on, come no. on, come on! Um, give, listen, that was listen. that was a homeless lad um, who was buying a kebab, and I'm not going to mention names here, but some people bought two kebabs that night. Yeah, um, I wasn't one of them. To be I clear, I actually don't think you were. No, were I wasn't. You? No, no. Yeah. But the way you phrased that would suggest yeah. that I was. I was leaving it open there because I couldn't remember if you were one of them. But then you. But I think I seem to recall that you gave him a kebab, and then we turned around a minute later, and in fairness, he was trying to sell it back to the shop. <laughs> So like he wanted money. He wanted he wanted money. But could could you give us? I could, but I won't. Come on. What what game were we at last week? Give give the people what they want. No, the the Azerbaijan anthem is very long and. Well, what's the intro? Just just the intro. Uh, Azerbaijan, Azerbaijan. Basically, (laughs) we're not doing. We're not. We're not doing the national anthems. (laughs) Not that Derek. He's not playing ball. You're you're trying to emphasize like the two lads coming on. We've an important top to show, and you're just talking shite here for the last ten minutes. (laughs) But that was all Um, fair. That was all fair. I was at Rovers Derry, and uh, it was a it was an interesting game because Derry started very brightly, and then Rovers just kind of turned the screw and won very comfortably and they're cantering to the league title, Dan. But Pat's... Uh, yeah, Rovers Derry's the one game I didn't really see. I wasn't at mm. a game, but Rovers Derry's the one game I didn't see anything of, whereas I, I watched a good chunk of Finn Harps and Doc while watching the TV game and then I watched a fair bit about the games on Saturday night, actually. Um, Sligo Rovers and Waterford, which second half was, was poor enough in that game. Um, it sort of feels like Sligo Rovers are sort of there to be caught Yes, no one has been able to sort of put the run together to mm. do it. Like they are not playing like a top three side at the moment, um, at all. I, I don't think personally they're not. And um, they play Longford this weekend. It's a great chance for them. You would think to get three points on the board, and you kind of wonder 
did he, how many more wins did he actually need to, to, to wrap up that third spot? Um, but yeah, Bowes eventually got the job done and Longford not impressive in the first Very half poor at all. Staff, yeah. um, good to see Jamie Mullins score. I think he's a player we're going to be speaking a lot about. Big and, time. Um, the good thing about Brexit is, you know, unless he goes to mainland Europe, say he can't go. So he's definitely here for another year or so. And like probably a banquet Pats is another one in that in that bracket. Call up for the Irish. And there's uh, a bit of a under-19 squad. There's a bit of a buzz around these players building up. And this is a this is the good thing. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, I mean... I'm not going to go back to the McBennett chat again big time, but like there is definitely a point. I agree with the point about the lack of a title race being a problem. I know people will say, well, you know, there's there's, there's good storylines in the race for Europe and stuff. And there is, but that's only really more so in the last week or two of the season, you know? Um, yeah, And even if there was a team that was battling automatic relegation, if the, if the battle for automatic relegation included five or six teams, that would be amazing because one team then there was no comeback whereas you sort of still feel that the team to finish is second last yeah. would probably win the playoff. Mm. Um, you might disagree and I understand, no, I agree. you know, at the moment. So like Waterford, for example, last week, I thought they were solid enough Again, away to Saga Rovers. Phoenix Patterson looks like He's a very a good, good player. player isn't he? Um, definitely. And, and the Cup semi-finals will be interesting forthcoming you know because Bowes have had a few issues on the right side defensively and um, Patterson is, is going to be a real threat in that match um, by the way at those cup semi-finals I think that's taken a bit on the team if we'll go back to the TV stuff again um, with the fixture schedule and stuff like that it doesn't look like it's going to be a Friday Sunday it looks like the two semi-finals are going to have to be on the same night the Friday so whether it's just one is on TV and one isn't um, or on LOI TV mm. I guess or like even there was some talk of a 5.45 7.45 I'm not sure how plausible that is mm. or how realistic that is both the teams that are playing each other the cup semi-finals uh, the two games are replicated on the Monday three days later in the league bizarrely mm. enough Pats and the dog and Bowes and Rotterford are playing each other on the Monday and that's a replay that's a replay date so the, the schedule is getting complicated but that's a, that's a roundabout way of saying that Rovers have basically won the league we know that now like they, they, there's a matter of when they win it um, upcoming but we do have like an interesting race for third to a point but like if Sligo Rovers can win this weekend you're just wondering who's going to race out from the pack like what were Derry like I'm actually interested yes yeah, so they went um, very aggressive went three up top against Shamrock Rovers three with Akintundi dropping a bit but like it was a, it was aggressive they did that a bit against Bowes yeah, yeah it put a lot of pressure on um, Kieran Harkin and Bastianeri, who I, I thought was a bit disappointing, to be honest. Um, I, I don't know if he's in the, the sort of form he has been in. Not that I've seen much of Derry, but the, the, like Derry's two um, wingbacks were 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 pretty much playing like wingers at times. So, so there was an awful lot of pressure in the centre midfielders, and eventually Shamrock Rovers' pressure just told. And like I know Bradley was asked about Danny Mandroyo afterwards, but he was very very good. As was Gaffney. Like they look like they've been playing together all their life, and uh, Mandroyo. He's probably not a million miles off, like being deserving to be back into around the Ireland picture. He's, he was very, very good, um, played full of confidence, and there's a maturity to his game that maybe there wasn't in previous seasons. But, like, you know, you're, you're thinking at the start of the, the game, oh, God, Derry could really challenge next season when you add the players in. But, like, Sharon Gore's fans were, were pointing out to me afterwards, they were a bit out on their feet at the end, like, Rovers bossed the second half pretty much. And that's where we're at, Dan. That's where we're at with the league. Yeah, this but I think Derry will be the main challenger yeah. next year. Do you reckon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think Pats will. I think Pats will definitely improve as well. Sorry, I probably shouldn't. I think Pats don't underestimate the, yeah. the, the team that's 
that's on a one year. They're you know, also gradually they're, improving. They're gradually improving. Derry have to are asked to improve massively in the space of a year. Yeah, but I, I I guess like the league table since the summer, I'd say Derry like you can look at their performance as a whole and where they finished. But I'd say the league table. I think there was a league table produced not long ago and there are points since mm. the mid season. Derry were up near the top end of it. You know? Yeah, well, see, there are two games against Sharmac Rovers. Sharmac Rovers hockey them in the brandy well. Like, yeah, two nil down and just ran right. Yeah, so there's still a good bit off Rovers, but. You're you're obviously thinking if they bring in Duffy and like obviously Duffy McLenny maybe patching, yeah. I mean you could see why they would challenge, but like I don't think it's up to the the league to have a title race necessarily, but it would be a lot better because it has there hasn't been, been league has title been a bit race. flat this there season. Hasn't, there hasn't been a league title race, a proper one in like in, that's gone to the last couple of games. Mm. Probably going back to 2014 nearly because mm. the, the subsequent years the league winners were all decided. I know there was some big games between Dundalk and Cork and the final third of the season but it's been a while uh, I, I think Derry have got a chance I think mm. if you, had, like, you forget how good McElhenney we've seen in the summer how good McElhenney is Duffy on his day is outstanding Patching I think is going to go there too you know so you've got Patching to throw into the mix as well and if they sign a really good striker I think obviously no surprise that Georgie Kelly be on the radar whether he stays in this league I think is the debate around George Kelly I think at the moment but if he did stay in the league I'm sure Derry would look to make a strong pitch to sign him um, I honestly I mean I think you know that would give them a chance of 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 pushing very close I would have thought and we'll see what Pats do as well I think it's more realistic next year because um, Rovers as we've spoken about earlier they probably need to freshen up their squad a small bit with a bit of youth you know and mm. I, I think they're probably looking at um you know, one or two younger players around the league say. Maku coming on did very well, actually. Uh, I think he might have played another game then for Rovers subsequently. There's a the great 19s, photo of him yeah. surrounded by, it's like, like a Maradona's like photo. Maradona's surrounded by five red jerseys. Yeah. Uh, I think he tweeted it or whatever. Um, but he when he came on, he looked very bright. Like you can definitely see him playing more of a role in what isn't a young team, really. It's not that young. No, team. that's what I'm saying. So yeah. they need, I think they need that injection and we'll see where they look at, sort of be aware of maybe one or two younger players they're looking at. Um, around the league so we'll, we'll see who they get and they do need that I think but I honestly don't think it's beyond Rams possibility that that uh, that Derry make a big push forward next year definitely because you know you're the full crowds from the start mm. and you can get the Brandywell going and you know you're bringing the local boys home there's no question marks about their ability to say adjust to the league or something so I can imagine them kicking off but yeah no I mean and obviously this weekend I mean we'd normally at the end of the show preview the weekend's games but of course in the Premier Division the only game that's on is the Dock and Shamrock Rovers yeah we talked to Ian about that as well because it has caused controversy as well the, in the, the first division as very well very much too. so yeah John Caulfield very strong in his views we should do now before we bring the lads in we'll do our pizza question now now, this is a bit of an obscure pizza question, right? This week's four-star pizza question. It's purely because I, I saw this piece of information the other day, and I was like, I can't believe this hasn't been commented on till now. And I wanted to introduce it somewhere, so I'm going to make it as a question, right? right. So, I mean, it's, listen, you can just, really everyone out there, up. you can just Google this, like, I mean, mm. pretty straightforward. Like, but it takes a bit of work to Google this one. So, so everyone about the Dogs Europa League run in 2020, talks about Sheriff, Sheriff Terraceball. That's the team that they all, like the, the amazing story of Sheriff, right? But Dundalk played KI Claxvik of, of the Pharaohs in the playoff round. Which future Premier League manager was the coach of a team that Claxvik knocked out in an earlier round? Let's get the guests in. <laughs> <laughs> 
welcome along. We're joined by the informed team of the First Division, Wexford, and the champions of the First Division, uh, Shelburne, Georgie Poynton and Ian Ryan. Uh, Georgie, congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, much, thanks for waiting outside and um, being so patient. And a uh, bit of patience from Shelburne fans paid off. Uh, you're back up to where you belong, I'd, I'd argue. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, a long year, but a year that we envisioned and a long time coming. And um, it was just nice to do it on Friday, you know, mm. get it over the line. I know you have a very good squad and all that. Maybe people will say you have the best squad, but it's been very routine. Yeah, um, yeah I don't think... I think the biggest compliment I could probably play our group is that we have probably haven't necessarily played well all year, but we found ways of getting results. And I think, you know, ultimately that got us, you know, promoted this year. So um, we have played well at times, but I think we, you know, the the drive in the group to kind of just find a way of getting a result on a Friday night was um, mm. was the massive thing for us this year. That was the thing, because a lot of the time, you know, when shells were good, they were very good, but a lot of the time you just got the job done. Yeah, 100%, <clears> I think, you know, we just found a way of getting either three points or if we, if we weren't winning, we, you know, we were picking up draws and we weren't losing games, you know, we've only lost once this year down in Galway, so, um, look, <laughs> it's testament to the group, you know, again. And it was after that, actually, that Galway fans were getting a bit jiggy and Wexford went to Talca Park. And Galway fans were thinking, Wexford are in the form here. As it turns out, Galway didn't go on a run either. But you lost that night. That's been your only defeat, really, in the league in a while now. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's the only defeat in the third series. And, uh, wow. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the best night. We, we wanted to go there and put a performance in. And we fancied uh, the run we were on. We fancied we'd do something. But, uh, yeah, the game got away from us pretty quickly. And... Uh, there's a few refereeing issues you, you don't want to speak about it because you got a ban. <laughs> Referee hasn't been seen since, by the way, but, you know, we can't, can't um, talk about that. I'm saying nothing. This <laughs> <laughs> is an episode of Kin now or something. Like, um, yeah. It's good to have Ian here because yeah. Johnny has been going on about Wexford for the last, like, month or so. Like, there's a regular listener who's on to me going, there's, there's Johnny Ward bingo every week in the show. It's like, there's great young managers in the league and that's, you, can't, you can't say that without mentioning Murray Higgins, Tim Clancy and Stephen O'Donnell. This is like Johnny bingo and his new one on the list is Wexford are a very good team. And he said he said it every show for the last three, four weeks. He, he said on off sense, the set on off the ball. Five to one to well. be yeah, Here we go. <laughs> Wexford are a very good team. And it's just mm. like Ian's here yeah, in front see, of you now. Okay, the point is, right, nobody cares, right? Nobody cares about the teams at the bottom of the first division. And it's when you're I saw Wexford against Pat, so I just happened to be working at that game and I've, you know, been following the first division. So it's like, well, actually, there's a bit of a good story here. And you have a young manager. Do I talk about young managers? You do all the time. Um, yeah. Actually, let's get an impartial view. Georgie. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the progress Wexford have made since, um, like only one point off second last now, I Wexford think. From being, but Wexford, like, went up to obviously lost in Talca, but I played very well, uh, beat UCD and beat Athlone away in recent weeks. Yeah, I think you know, we beat them 4 0, I think, in Talca Park that night, but I don't think it was a 4 0 game, you know, as was, um, Five modestly mentioned now. there that, the, <laughs> that there was a few refereeing decisions, you know, but um, no, I think you know, Reiner's gone in and studied the ship and. You know, they're obviously in form. You spoke about it there. But um, as I said, it wasn't a 4 0 game that night. You know, that's probably mm. the biggest compliment to convey in, you know. Just, just a, so I was, I was reading an interview you gave where you said, like, if your first job goes badly, and this is a very good point, but there's a lot of upside to taking this sounds daft. There's a lot of upside taking on a really bad team or a team that's struggling, like Stephen Kenny at Longford, where, well, it can't get much worse. And if, if you do well, people say, well, geez, that's some. So, what were your thought processes going into it? Yeah, exactly that. There are probably two, two statements that I really thought long and hard about. I was always conscious of the first one to take um, for that reason that, you know, 
I've put a lot of groundwork behind the scenes to get to that point. So I know if, if it goes wrong for me that I'm likely set myself back um, a number of years and probably you know um, even the optics of it that people would just view me as a number two then for, for another while. Um, then a number of things to weigh up like uh, the people I'm going to work for, like what are they going to be like? Do they sack managers frequently? Um, the club I'm going into and then as you alluded to there, the potential of the club, like they're rock bottom at the minute. So um, every job you probably take, you should look to improve. And I felt I could improve Wexford. Um, and I judged that off the club and the players that were there. And uh, hopefully it's it's gone okay to a point at the minute. But I still feel like we've left points in games where we mm. could have got more. And uh, yeah, my main aim was really to make it attractive for for the coming season for to attract players let's say and uh i think uh georgie just said he'd sign so that's all right yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're gonna stay around the first division yeah lucky i didn't say that on this. <laughs> uh well you have a two and a half year deal isn't it yeah yeah another two years to go yeah this uh, answer this as best you can now this is something that came into my head recently with with the, the whole system oh. with with covid and all that and have clubs have this have the smaller clubs benefited from the situation with payments and that it's been more sustainable or is it going to be more difficult going forward when there's no support anymore yeah well there's not no doubt like clubs uh would have benefited from the COVID payment and you know they would have manipulated it well to pay for players and that um on our end we um wexford didn't use the COVID payment for the players so essentially um it can maybe work in our favor this year in the sense that we know what the type of budget that we'll have and we can work off that. Whereas the teams that would have relied on the COVID payment are going to have to probably reduce their budget and uh, maybe make it a more even playing field for us. Anecdotally, like how many teams off the top of your head would have been relying on it then, do you think? Uh, out of the first division, I'd say out of guess seven, maybe. Wow. Yeah. So then, so like, I was talking before the show about maybe getting some players on. You you're already looking at the next season, but how can you bring players to Wexford who obviously aren't particularly well supported? Yeah, well, it's an, the the thing for me is to try attract players to to more so the the project as such, um, to come to a team or a club that's on the increase and uh, a team that is ambitious to do well next year, um. And it's important the type of people I go after, people that I probably have come across before, but people that similar to myself that, you know, we've got something to prove. I'm out to prove myself as a manager and I want players to prove themselves, but be it if they didn't play this year or they're coming back from injury or young players trying to make a career that we're all hungry to, to succeed and make Wexford a better club. Um and yourself, how the season? In fairness, it's it's been um Shelburne started well, kind of had a little bit of a wobble, um maybe around I don't know, four or five weeks ago. Um, now you're thinking the next season and like how many Shells players be worried about their places next season because obviously Ian has to strengthen. Yeah, I think he, he spoke the other day about how many other clubs are strengthening, how competitive it's going to be next season. Yeah, well, I think you know the manager's obviously got a bit of experience in managing in in the Premier Division now, albeit it didn't go that well that year for us. But um, I'm sure he would have taken, you know, a lot of positives and negatives that year, and he'd be able to um to rectify a few things. But I think we've we've a good core group at Shells at the minute, and if you add, you know, a couple of bodies, experience, um, you know, um, you'd be able, you know, to push. And I don't think um, I don't think. The standard, I could be wrong, you know. I don't think the standards, you know, of what it was in recent years. The Premier Division? Yeah, absolutely. I don't really? think so. No, I don't think so. I think, you know, um, albeit I'm talking about 
you know, your middle and then to, to the bottom half of the table. But I think, you know, if you add, keep a core group together and add, you know, a bit of experience that you'd be able to go up and challenge, you know. Do you think there's like the, the middle standard has slightly dropped? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously you have your Shamrock Rovers who, you know, um, have probably set the bar, I think. Um, and you look at the likes of, say, Dundalk up until this year would have been challenging. And, you know, it's just been a whirlwind up there, I think, you know. And I think, you know, now you have different clubs challenging like Sligo and, and, and Pats and Bohemians have kind of set around it as well. But I think, you know, if you're looking at the other four, five, six clubs, I think, you know, there's no reason why Shelburne can't go up and compete with them type of clubs, you know. It's interesting. I think there is like, mm. there's there's an opportunity for clubs at the moment. It's the, like I think players and people have to be more diplomatic about it. But there's definitely an opportunity there. Like let's be honest. Like it's not at the top end. I don't think it's it's where it was a couple of years back when Dundalk were going for titles. You know, I don't I don't think I think Pats will get better next year. I think there's teams that are going to improve, but they're early on in the cycle. Look, look at the, look at the clubs in Europe this year, like Bowes, who have been nowhere near it in the league. Dundalk nowhere near it. The, the Dundalk don't stand. Like, well, actually, bring bring. What do you make of that? <laughs> bring Georgie in on that because Dundalk, what, what, you, you know, you're gone a while from there now, but it's just been a basket case story. Yeah, look, the Americans were there when I when my last year there, but um, I don't know whatever happened behind the scenes at the club. They seem to got rid of that kind of community and family element to the club. I would feel because. They got rid of a, a lot of good people. And I'm not just talking about players and staff. I'm talking like behind the scenes, people that run the club on a day-to-day basis. These are all little things that, you know, bring a family and a community element to what it would have been at Dundalk when I was there for, for the number of years. And I think when you start doing stuff like that, as well as getting rid of certain people, I don't think it bowls well, Johnny, to be honest with you, mm. because... I think you kind of lose that and then everyone's not as connected as they should be, you know. Mm. You can't, it's very hard to believe it, I, I guess. I, mean, I think I think that I see you up at one of the games there. It was a, it was Finn a Harps, Finn Harps right, game. Yeah. And I don't know, like you probably walk around the club and you're not seeing a lot of the same faces even that you might even meet at the door or, you know what I mean? It's a, yeah, it's absolutely. A, it's it's a know? massive overhaul, isn't it? Yeah, yeah and I don't, it's, that's what I, I go back to. I don't think that fam, family element is there and it was there for six, seven years where I've been there, but... I think when you start messing with that, it doesn't bowl well at all, you know. Mm. What about your own experience the last couple of years? Because you were at Dundalk, but in the background for a great time in the club's history, like an amazing time in the club's history. But you've had to go out there and and sort of earn your stripes as a player. Like, how have you enjoyed (coughs) that? And it's taken you to a number of clubs in a a short space of time and different experiences, I'm sure, at different places. I mean, do you feel you're a more sort of rounded player and an individual now from from those highs and lows maybe yeah i think so i think when i left the dock it was all about playing football and i kind of went to to st pat's I actually read your tweet when i was going to sign for waterford what was, that, what was dan was tweet? down dan was down in sligo i think and uh, i was on my way to sign for waterford and he was the first one that had it up but um no oh, i suppose it was all really hoping it was something that he got wrong <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. was um it was all about going to play games ultimately and i went to waterford um with the view of doing that and albeit it took me probably to the to halfway point in the season to kind of come into the team and play regularly I think I played every game then up until yeah. that um, last year I think I played every game by three for Shelburne and then again I've had a full season this year where um, without injuries and COVID uh, I've played you know so it has taken me a while Daniel to be fair but um, I think once I've got a run of the team I've done well and I've been able to stay in it you know mm. like What was it like for you in say 2016 which is the uh, maybe the the poster boy season for I think for a club in Europe and you were there okay not playing but you must have just some of the experiences experienced you gain yeah it's it's unbelievable I might never experience them again and 
um, to be going to places like Santa St. Petersburg, you know, AK Alkmaar and um, Maccabi Tel Aviv, all these places led you to Warsaw. I was on the bench in the last round in um, the Champions League qualification, mm. Robbie Benson's goal, but um, unbelievable experiences, you know, you were getting frequent trips away and not that you were taking them for granted, but almost when you're going, you're just enjoying it and... Um, you know, that, that team was brilliant. And over the course of them two or three seasons, I probably, you know, trained with the best players in the country, I would feel. You know? Is there a moment that sticks out if someone says to you, just, okay, what, what was that time? What, what comes into your head? Yeah, I was on the bench in Tallaght when, when we played, um, when we qualified for Europa League, you know, Yossi Benayoun was playing for, uh, it was a Bate Borisov and, you know, that, that was probably the one He moment. was with Maccabi actually, wasn't he? That was what? the Maccabi win, oh, yeah. On, uh, Alexander Hleb. 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 Yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah. Um, he was, yeah, sorry. Um, but that is the, that's the one moment that sticks out, you know, that's that's a, that's a memory probably I'll take to the grave with me. You know? Were you on the pitch with the Benson sort of celebration after? Yeah, uh, I was kind of just around the dugout here, yeah, <laughs> hooking everyone I wasn't. I didn't go for a little run onto the pitch now, but it was unbelievable, I have to say, that night, you know, probably mm. the best night, one of the best nights of my life, you know. Yeah, yeah. Until, until last week, of course. I mean, you know, because yeah. there is a great passion around shells. I think it's, and like Ian, you know this as well from yeah. your time at the club. And I think we had Kieran Kilduff on recently mm. who was speaking about people um, don't appreciate how big a club shells are in their way. And I think it's maybe because there's a lot of shells fans of a particular age who've already lived through the, the highs days, yeah. and the lows. And you, like, I remember being down when shells got promoted the first time, the season mm. before last. And the emotion around the place that day was was something else, you mm. know. And I wasn't there last week, but I'm assuming it was, you probably got a bit of a taste of that. Yeah, absolutely. Afterwards. You know, it was probably the one time we've had a big crowd in, probably since the Dundalk game last year in the Premier Division. But And it was just, you know, the overriding emotion, I think, of, of people coming onto the pitch even after the game. And, and you kind of realise, because you listen to lads and, you know, they speak about that night up in Drotter and, and, and how big of a night yeah. they realised when the club was. But... Um, you know, it was a taste of it the other night. You, and you made a good point there as well. That game against Dundalk, when I think it was two one, and the place was absolutely rocking. And then Shells haven't had a haven't had a crowd really since. No, so yeah, you absolutely. never got going in that regard. No, there was a full house that night, and mm. I think you know we were v two one, and um, on another night you probably would have got a result. But since then, it's just a whirlwind. I'm sure everyone everyone had to live through what we've lived through yeah. for the past eighteen months, and you know it's been difficult. I'm sure Ian will agree. Like you know, without crowds in the ground and stuff, it's just been a, a weird feeling to it, and. And to, to slowly getting them back in now and hopefully next month at the, the UCD game we're going to have a full house in Tolka to, to lift the league mm. it's going to be a, a really good night to look forward to you know because I remember I remember last year it was one of the games and listen it's well known just the wheels come off a bit last season towards the end but I think it was their match late on where the fans like made a there was like flares or something to take the club out of the ground when you were driving somewhere. I can't yeah, think of, it was going to Finn Harps. I think they, Finn Harps. Were, they were outside at the bus with, with, with flares. It was unbelievable. Um, and then, and even for the Longford game in the playoff, you know, they went to, we were in a lockdown and they were outside in Chicor, you know, there was, there was 20, 30 fans outside in Chicor. And there's a bit of guilt with that. There's a bit of guilt with that then, I assume, when it doesn't yeah. work out. Ah, 100%. You know, you feel like you let people down, don't you? Like, let's be honest about it because um, I got injured towards the end of my, uh, the air, uh, that yeah. season and Did you like, get injured in the Sligo game actually yeah I could have yeah because yeah, that was the, that was when it looked like I was at that game as I got shells I say if you came off the bench I remember I think you were looking for racing results or something <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I was, I was just checking <laughs> Georgie's late town Johnny's coming Johnny's out for races in November did you play much after that then because I know Luke Brown was suspended as well and yeah kind of hit us I done a great two on my quad I didn't play for the rest of the season mm. no no like, um, I tried to get back for the Longford game and I trained the day before but I couldn't run properly and 
the manager in fairness he's just said I'm not taking a chance on you which you can understand but um, it was difficult because I felt like I could have, could have brought something to the game from 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 a Shelburne point of view you know Ian from your perspective as a player like you've actually got a taste of some of the clubs we're talking about there yeah, you, yeah. you would like you had your spell at Shamrock Rovers when you were just on the fringes and then you got your experience then maybe left before they went to Tala right but right, you had yeah. Dundalk and Shells you've got a taste of all those clubs I mean how would you describe yeah. them all it's a sort of a broad sort of question but yeah all, all big clubs very big clubs um, Rovers are probably I, I would have been breaking in kind of with Roddy Collins' team, so I had a taste of that, just finishing school and went in with them. That was, how, was, that, that was the 2005 yeah. season with yeah. Paddy McCourt like and an Dave Mooney, yeah. the team that somehow got relegated. Unbelievable team, Mark Rutherford, uh, Jason McGuinness, Barry Murphy, Trevor Malloy. Uh, Mark Kenny, like unbelievable team, the best five side team of all time. Yeah, by yeah. the sounds of it, and good crack too. Yeah, <laughs> probably maybe played too, like a five side team. At <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe yeah. too much crack. Like I mean, I think what that was, was like, one yeah, of the issues with that season. That was a bad time. Yeah, I was it was brilliant. You were but in school. Oh, I was God. I was doing my leaving at the time, so I was dipping in and out. But then uh, when I finished leaving, I went in like full time. Let's say with them. Uh, but like you know, that's my first sample of first team football, and I gone in with these like experienced players and. You know, just even the camaraderie in the dressing room and all, like, I thought that was the norm. But, like, obviously, through my career now, it's just like, well, that's probably a bit more lively than, <laughs> than it should <laughs> well, I mean, be. The fact they got relegated yeah. with that squad is sort of, yeah. it's still unbelievable, really, in a way. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but McCourt left, didn't he? He left. He during left. The financial and, issues during yeah, the season. Yeah, he left in yeah. the mid-season break. I think, I think uh, Dave Mooney left mid-season break then, too. Um Tony Sheridan came in in the mid-season. Tony Sheridan, like, it's yeah. unbelievable. Who would like remember a, he played for overs? Yeah. But it's yeah. like a collection of like, if you were to list the top twenty most talented players yeah. in the league, you've probably named together. around five or six yeah, of them yeah, there. Yeah. You know, Matt Kenny and stuff like that's amazing. right. Uh, no, like even training, like pure quality, like all of them. But uh, just for whatever reason, it, it wasn't clicking um, on the pitch and so on. So I had the sample of that. Then uh, um, they got relegated in the playoff, obviously, and. Uh, then myself and Barry Murphy, I think. I think that we were the only two to be kept on by uh, Pat Scully. From Roddy to Pat Scully. Pat Scully. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. So yeah. there was a bit of a turn there. Now, listen, it was it was mad like with Pat, but it was probably the best ground that I could have at that time in my career because it's probably stayed with me. But uh, listen, it, we went from polar opposites that we, he was just... No, I think I think the year we we went up, I think he went through like forty players or something yeah. like that. Crack was lower down the agenda around but that was, time. It was like, still enjoyable, but it was it was tough. Like uh, you know, to, this is no joke. Like there was lads that would come training for a day and then say, "No, nah, not for me." <laughs> they were gone. Gone. Yeah. You weren't on the bus that day. The time a couple of them got kicked yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, was yeah, yeah. We had Jerro on before, <laughs> yeah. and it was Porigamond got on. That was it. it Porigamond got on Up in the putchy, and yeah, he, he, wherever he got on, half of the squad had been kicked off by the That's time he right, got there think, or something. I think him and the Owen Doyle maybe and maybe a couple of others I can't think now a couple of young lads kind of got brought in and they're like geez what's going on is there injuries or something so the lads are pulling into the putchy and like the young lads let's say and then the boys are getting turfed off the bus <laughs> two relatively prolific strikers in the English yeah, they there. Like, well, yeah. like Pat Scully it was strange for me that he never didn't really get jobs after Limerick or whatever because he did he, he did really well at Rovers like. Pat, Pat he is brilliant uh now I I see him sometimes he lives up beside me like and I spoke to him the last time like and he's like I was like because he's obsessed and he loved football and that and he, he's always saying like you won't take football away from me and so on so when uh, I asked him the last time I was like but you don't want to get back in like and he was honest enough to say listen I probably couldn't manage 
in this kind of generation the way i manage like and mm, that's tra- fair it's you wouldn't, you wouldn't bring him in as a number two of some description probably, probably you, not wouldn't no, put the, the arm around the shoulder number two he wouldn't like. be that type no. <laughs> who are your who's your team at wexford actually uh, i have Lorca fitzgerald in oh, yeah. oh, yeah, he's still playing he's playing yeah he's still playing, one of the best yeah. left foots in the league nearly. yeah he's tidy yeah, yeah. I, I won't say that to him though got mm. uh, an unbelievable goal for shells uh was well, the last season, the season before in, in Terryland, like unbelievable volley. He's so yeah. left footing him when he's... He does, yeah. Uh, listen, he's brilliant. Well, it was for balls, was it? Uh, that, the volley. It was actually for balls. I set it up, yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you were, and you were playing... Yeah, geez, yeah. I can't, I can't, actually That's why Johnny remember. doesn't have notes in front of him. <laughs> yeah. And I was reporting on that game. Uh, <laughs> for RTE probably as well. Um, he, he was a bit... He would have been a bit disappointed with the way she ended up at Shells, but obviously ends up with you then. Yeah, listen, I don't really know what's gone on there. And to be honest, it's, it's our gain or my gain, let's say. Um, I would have played it with Larkin in Shelburne, like so I'd know him pretty well. And even for me, like when I'm looking around for a number two, I'm like, uh, it was important I got the right person as such. And uh, I wanted someone kind of progressive in their stage of their career or coaching that you know they they were just starting out and uh, he was e- e- eager and hungry to do well, but had the added bonus of having him on the pitch then as well for a bit of experience and, and but just, sorry just to, back to yeah. the previous point mm. though about the clubs you played at like I mean because yeah. you went from Rovers and then you had without going through the full career we're not going to do the yeah. full but like the Dalkin Shells are two clubs that have had the highs and lows in recent yeah, times yeah. and I'm, I'm sure you probably look at their results with some interest in terms yeah, of yeah definitely there. like um, I would have had a couple of clubs over my career but the clubs that I've been to I've loved um, Dundalk had a great time there we got promoted with a good group and then Sean Connor came in and just cleared the clear decks and we all You were all turfed out. All turfed yeah. out, yeah. The Shells one, Shells is probably uh the club I'm you know, have most affinity to. I played in my longest career or parts of my career there and had some of my best times in football with it, but it tinged on sadness, let's say, or a bit of regret when I left. Uh, it was the year we went down and it was just a bad year from start to finish that uh you know, just there's a bit of disappointment there that that it left that way. Just lingers with you a bit. Yeah, a little yeah. bit, yeah. Mm. When you went in, when you then had the option to go to Wexford, it comes up, who do you speak to? Like, do you, do you have people in your, in your sort of like, yeah. in your in your football life that you leaned on for a bit of advice? Yeah, probably, there's probably like three people that kind of football-wise that kind of uh, I would have spoke to during that time it was going on, let's say, uh, Collie O'Neill, who would have been my manager in UCD, um, he would have been my coach at Shelburne when yeah. I first went there too. The good friend, someone I trust, good advice, and just he would have been someone that I spoke to. Um, Andy Myler in UCD again, the same kind of characteristics that someone I can trust and uh, really logical thinking in in his decisions and that. So that was another one. And then probably the last one would be Alan Matthews, someone that I've had throughout my career yeah. and a good influence on my career and. He has the experience of having lots of jobs and being around the league. So I think through them three people um, and my own thought process that uh, they kind of steer me in the right direction, I'd say. Mm. How have you found the the work-life balance with it? Because, like, you know, it's it's any manager, young manager we talk to, or any manager, it's all-consuming. So, like, how do you... Yeah. 
how do you compartmentalize it or, or you can have you have admitted like the the old guy thing i took on teaching because handy the summers are off and so on like you know give me <laughs> oh you're a teacher are you yeah yeah, yeah oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. hope no one's listening yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah well listen it, the teaching plays into the sport any sport like that uh that, not being school at the moment yeah <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear we're doing this at six o'clock in the evening just in case right, yeah. like, oh geez another free class <laughs> <laughs> georgie pointing what are you doing here <laughs> paper airplanes everywhere um but yeah now uh, I can't even remember what we're on about now. The work-life yeah. balance. The work-life balance. But obviously, yeah. in the summer, it's not as bad then. No, no. Yeah. Listen, it's it's mayhem. Like it's chaotic. But um, like even you know the time you're there is let's say the easiest part. Uh, the time consuming bits is you know the planning or dealing with players or issues or um, booking pitches, um, organizing training, uh, doing analysis. Um, it's just non-stop really, but it's enjoyable. It's, it's what I'm used to probably. Uh, uh, over the last couple of years i was doing probably a lot of the stuff in ucd so i kind of had a taste of it but you know when you're in the deep end it's it uh, amplifies a bit because you're coming in from outside right so mm. how much when you're going in to take the job there or how much are you hearing locally about people obviously will still want a wexford core of players around the team but you've obviously brought in some players from outside as well so like how is that balance yeah, you know, where does that sit going forward for you? That that is it, it was a massive thing when I went in when I took the job that like the amount of people that said to me, "Oh, you're going to need to sort out the local football down there and there's there's politics between the club and the local football and so on like that." So I was listening to this for a couple of weeks and I was like, "What is what's the issue here?" Like so I grabbed the bull by the horns and uh got the numbers of all the managers in the Wexford Senior League and and contacted them and uh just you know offering an olive branch let's say i don't know what went on in the past i don't yeah. want to know but um listen i'm here to help you and you're here to help me and le- let's let's make it better for for the the county to, in a football sense and every one of them bar one uh club came back hugely positive uh that yeah we're here with support you with pre-season friendlies any players that they think have potential bring them in and so on so I have to say the the working relationship within the community and the club is brilliant. And I think with the way things have been going a bit more positively, I think that's even uh, increased uh, as we've gone on. The crowds are coming back and so on. Um, with regarding uh, like local players and that, I've looked at the local leagues and so on. Um, I think... There has to be a balance of um, having local players in the team and having players that are of the required standard. Yeah. So that, that that's the balance of what I'm trying to get there. Probably a more a bigger picture that I'd look at would be more the academy. Yeah. Um, to get them in, and I think the the thing for me is um. I think out of the this one thing that stuck with me out of the 2006 emerging talent group in um or 2005 group in Wexford. None of them play for Wexford. So out of the out of the thirteen or fourteen players that were there, none of them play for Wexford. Couple in Rovers, Bowes, Waterford, mm. Bray, and so on. So like my kind of overall bigger picture is to make sure that those lads in the future don't leave Wexford. And mm. I think that's down to me to make the first team attractive, that they don't want to leave, make the first team doing well, but also they see that um I'm willing to give young lads a chance and, and give them a debut and yeah. so on. And you're, you're, Gab Bazuna talking about this, the importance of him going out on loan. Like the yeah. players you brought in, been very impressed with Moylan, obviously not alone there, but yeah. uh, 
it's great for him because he's playing for both 19s against um who were they playing that time in Europe? Yeah. Uh, Pauk, was it? Pauk, actually, sorry, yeah. And um, he was on the team with a load of these luminaries. But needed to go to Wexford to get football, basically. Yeah, and listen, that's uh, it was a ballsy move by Jack um, mm. to do that because, you know, Bowes were in Europe around the time. He probably would have been in the squad or on the bench or so on like that. But um, Jack seen the bigger picture and, and knew that games w- would benefit him. Uh, and it's gone brilliant for him. Uh, he's done exceptionally well, but... Like as an overriding piece for Jack now, he's done it for four months. He needs to do it for consistently for, for Wexford. another for Wexford yeah. for another season. And, and just as well, I know you're big into the education things. You work with Liam Scales and you spoke with Liam, Liam Scales against education. But yeah. last week we had um, Jay McGuinness on talking about the education of players in football and something yeah. you're big on as well. Yeah, I, I just think the industry here for our country, ideally we'd all have a full time industry and every club be full time. But I think we're far from that. So I think. To merge the education and, and the football together is a is a more um, realistic step for, for mm. the country at the minute, and um, there's loads of different options. I know Rovers send their lads um, to to school after they train in the morning, like. But the concept that I actually met Mark Scanlon about previously when he was over in charge of the schools and colleges is the idea of some sort of um, hub or a school for for players. Now the problem is. It, it will probably work in um, the regional clubs because let's say your Sligo could could nominate one school where all the players would go to that school and they could train while they're doing their leaving cert and so on. But the problem you'd run into in the Dublin clubs is because you know players are dispersed through through mm. a number of clubs that would be hard to pin them down to one club or one school. In fact, mm. where do you where do you see it going, Georgie? That whole pathway because you've I, I guess like it's we don't have an industry in this country no I don't think so I think UCD they were probably the best out mm. of everyone and I suppose I was lucky when I was at Dundalk you know they put me through college up there so I was I was kind of fortunate enough um, did you get a degree then or yeah 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 what? some sport and exercise okay yeah so it was it was something you know with the club and with the college you know they were they were very lenient I suppose and it was it was the time when Dundalk were in Europe so I was out a good bit and mm. um, when it came to exams and stuff like that you know they, they were okay but um, you know it is something that you know as Ian said there like you know it is something that's, that the country should be looking towards because mm. um, the amount of lads that you see that don't have anything behind them is um, is frightening to, I suppose you know I, I think I think young lads um, you know everybody wants same as me like everybody wanted to be or you know go full time and so on like that and it's a hard thing to kind of you know say no to if, if it's dropped in front of you but um again going back to the industry we have here ultimately you're, you're kicking the can down the road and you're now forced to go to college like Larkin speaks about this he would have been full time mm. for a bulk of his career and he was you know he's for he, he's done it now but he was forced to go back to college in a period of his life you know when he's looking for a house he's he has uh, the girlfriend and he, he has a young kid and so on like that and that's a harder thing to do to go back to full-time college when when you you're in that stage of your life mm. so i think the ideal scenario is you know the ucd end where they're, they're doing it and they're playing games and you know they you go for your full time when you have your degree and you do it for a number of years like your scales or your Benson or Ferrugia and so on like that. Yeah, I mean, look at Jamie McGrath is a great example yeah. as well at the moment, he's isn't he? Nuked, you know? yeah. And he was obviously a teammate of yours. I mean, look yeah. how he's kicked on. It's sort of a, he's a good, he's a good example, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the people have, Ian have mentioned as well, you know, um, they've done it right. And, 
you know, hopefully more can follow suit in the future. Yeah. Before we wrap yeah, up. Yeah, before I was going to actually ask you, Georgie, because we were speaking to Ian about, say, managers that influenced him and stuff. Just being around that, like, you're only 24, like, but you've, it feels like you've been around for Veteran. for longer because you've been around the league for a long period of time. But, you want to see how I wake up in the morning, so I wouldn't think it was 24. <laughs> um, but who were the characters in the dressing room you would have looked because it must have been a great yeah like people talk about what a great dressing room a lot room of young that, managers that in the league there oh, no, no, Higgins no. and uh, O'Donnell Higgins yeah. And, yeah. I was lucky around to be the two of them obviously you just mentioned there Johnny the two yeah. of them um, Rory actually went through me one training session I was only 16 training with the first team and we played uh, 11 v 11 my very first 11 v 11 at Dundalk I remember going whoa I'm miles off this like you know the standard of it was unbelievable and um, you talk about Higgy, his football knowledge is unbelievable. Second to none, Stevie O'Donnell, you know, probably the best player I've ever played and trained with. He, he's unbelievable. Like, um, And then people that I've met, you know, I still keep in contact with. Um, obviously, Stephen Kenny texted me yesterday morning, in fairness. Um, about the about promotion? Just about Friday, yeah, which was really nice because he didn't have to do it, like, you know. And um, obviously, then you meet people. Like, I'm quite close with Brian Gartland still from my time at Dundalk and... The pe- these type of people you can kind of bounce things off it are, are phenomenal you know he's on to Brian Garton yesterday the man's business career is absolutely going Bill through the roof yeah we need a two hour podcast he's like I was saying his son is called Bobby but he's more Bobby Kerr than Bobby Garton <laughs> like, he's, he's, I actually put it's off the charts what he's doing but um, yeah because obviously we have to look into who we get on the show but the Stephen Kenny thing um, I, I, we, we go through this every week but you are like Dan's going to Azerbaijan now it is kind of a big game like it's like it's not a most win but blah, blah, blah. yeah but now Stephen he'll, he'll know it's a must win and he'll be trying to win the game it's the only approach I've ever ever seen him take towards a game he never goes out to you know just get a result he always tries to win every game of football he always tries to pass the ball and he just sticks to his, his philosophy if you want you know and I've never ever seen him a different way like mm. no one him as you do and like you obviously text you and Half like, six yesterday morning. I was six. still in bed. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> off. Yeah. Yeah. And he but, called up. So I thought I was getting called up. <laughs> but like, you know, do you not? Do you find yourself more invested in how the team does at the moment because of him? Obviously, yeah. There's an added Irish. interest, and I think I think even this year, looking at you know, and and last year, I suppose when Stevie took over Pats and stuff, you'd you'd like to see people like that doing well that you've been with and. And see how they get on. And now Higgy going into Derry, you know, it looks like they're, they're going to be a real force next year. So um, there's an added interest with that, absolutely, because you've come through with them type of people. And you know what type of people they are outside of football as well as how good they are just, with their football knowledge. Just to say, you see Higgins went three. Was that, I mean, I can't imagine him doing it with a tackle. Was it more of a, was it a tackle? Oh, uh, no, no, no. Inside. No, yeah, yeah, I was, I was I, wondering that. No, well, he, he, he didn't tackle. He that's what I was a, thinking. It's only a fancy no. football. Yeah, I said he was picking out the passes. What Paul's say, goals, yeah. yeah. What do you say? Like, just, uh, you're, 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 not at, you're not at it here. Like, uh, I, I can't even remember, but I know it was probably the worst bollocking I've ever got in football. But um, <laughs> in fairness to him, he was forced then the next day to come around, put his arm around me. Like, I think I was 16 at the time. I was, you know, fairly young. And probably now, if someone done that, I'd tell them to go shove it. But back then you know you deal with it differently but that's that's all part of the game you know and it's probably the difference there when you're talking about your Jack Moylan's playing yeah kids football you know it's the best it's the best learning experience that you can go and how do good is Jack Moylan actually to play against he's difficult to play against I think uh, I dealt with him fairly I think I felt dealt with him all right that night I was in his head a little bit I think um, you dealt with him but I think he sounds like a soprano uh, yeah I think look as I said that was the referee actually but I'm going to <laughs> As I said, them senior games will just stand to him and, you know, hopefully he kicks on, you know, because um, 
that's what you want to see lads doing. Did he deal with him actually, Ian? You can be here. Did you see him deal with him? I, I was gone after about <laughs> I forgot. You were, you were, you were you no were, help either. So. <laughs> this is the part of the show where we go through the fixtures for the weekend. But obviously it's not going to take long. Now, what yeah. have you made of all this just as a first vision manager? Because we've had this quarantine issue where basically there's been a home-based 21 squad. And it's entailed that a lot of first division players actually are in the squad and, and Premier, obviously. But it's it's decimated the fixture list. John Caulfield thinks, I think he used the word guinea pigs. I can completely see where he's coming from on this. But, um, what, Do what, you? Oh, to, okay. to, to yeah. an, because, yeah, okay. th- because essentially, yeah. What's I'm not saying I necessarily agree with him. And it's divided opinion in, across the league. But what, what do you make I, of I don't. I don't think there's a, there's a right answer. So mm. I don't think what is the solution. I think... We just have to take the context wh- where we are and, and the, what's going on in the world that um, it's not a regular occurrence or I doubt it will happen again. Mm. So, listen, I, I think you just have to you just have to ride with it at the minute. And even the players that are like, and if you think of an individual sense, like them players are thrilled to be called up. A- or Al- Alex scene. Murphy's like uh, he's yeah he's only seventeen, 18, maybe yeah, 17, seventeen. Yeah. And imagine like that's the other thing that the buzz he would get out of that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know the process or what's going on, but just reading between the lines, I think they have their main squad and then they have the additional home-based mm. lads to come in if the UK boys can't travel. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a me- it's a messy one. Yeah. But like, I know John Caulfield's it's point no alternative. was... Yeah. John Caulfield's point was, well, you should, if they want them for the second game, they should bring them all up for the first game. But I sort of thought the language Caulfield was using, just my personal opinion, was almost like... But there is League of Ireland players in the original squad. We just know that they're... Yeah, they're not all well, going to be calling the first up a seventeen-year-old from Galway, for example, for a twenty-one squad. That's where they, that's where they're at. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. Um, Dan, just touching this before you came on, and we are finishing up here, but I think the the, the general feeling will be whoever whoever finishes second last in the Premier Division, and God knows anyone who wants to call that. Um, now, Georgie, I'll get you on this because you have an interesting view on, on the Premier Division. But the standard versus whoever comes up from the playoff, who gets through? I don't know. It's a hard one to answer. Um, you know. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's a really hypothetical. You're talking about a match that could be. It's levels, all like. But, so, but I know, but it's but, different but, teams. But UCD, one hundred percent should have beaten Watford in the cup, for example. So yeah. I I don't know the answer. As a Galway fan, I'm really hoping, obviously. But I'm thinking like Galway could end up playing, for argument's sake, an inform Watford, Finn Harps are there every year. Dundalk, Drogheda, I think Dundalk, yeah, anyone, yeah. Could, could well be Drogheda. I, Dan mm. thinks it definitely won't be Dundalk. Anything could happen with Dundalk, actually. I'm not even going to, I don't think it would be Dundalk, obviously. But <laughs> Dundalk will win the playoff 7 0 or something. Yeah. That would be their <laughs> and season. The cup, and, and the cup. Blah, blah, blah. And then the year, is, uh, yeah, yeah. the year is unique in the sense that the, whoever's going to finish second last are probably going to be in a bit of form. Whereas every other year, you know, the second last team is probably on the on the on decline. The Year like, we're exactly like Charles, yeah. So I think Galway will put it up to most of them teams, but they're gonna run into someone that's in a bit of form and a good team. So yeah, well, Galway also have to play like two, yeah. two like Bray and UCD maybe or Treaty or whatever. I like. think the playoff system, like you have to go through another six games mm. and such home and away ties. Like um, mm. so, you're essentially doing another the guts of another series. Uh, you were obviously targeting that next year. Huh? Without, without being stupid like you want to be in the playoffs next year or Wexford no we'll just go straight up it's like, <laughs> <laughs> so we're like George you're signed for Wexford yeah? Yeah. what's so your contractual thinks, yeah. situation um, nah, it's it, it's pending at the minute okay yeah, okay yeah, so yeah. You, you, we'll see where you are next year yeah, yeah. Do, do you know where you're going to be next year no 
No. Yeah. Okay, well, there we go. There's the honest answer. Um, Dan, you're in a rush off, I think. I have to go. I have to go to talk to Stephen Kenny, actually. He's up in a press conference. Tell him was asking for I'll, I'll say, George, he was asking. I wonder why you were ringing a half six. Half six in the morning. <laughs> like. A bit of an unusual question um, to bring. Do we want to go through the fixtures? It's, 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 well, we've, with the Doc Shamrock Rovers, we've spoken about that. That's um, it. And what's on in the first division? Um, we're we, decimated as well. Cork Wexford. Cork Wexford. Um, Johnny, again, with his Atlone, notes out in front Shelburne. of us. Yeah, um, you'd probably just have to like like Dan's question. You're gonna to have to just Google the fixtures. So <laughs> I, I went looking for them, and I come, then I got, so this I got is the, this is the standard of preparation and research you get here. Um, yeah. But but uh, as it is on this, it's like Shells, Athlone, Cabo, Cove, Cork, Wexford. So three games going ahead. Is that mm, right? Mm. Yeah, I thought it was actually more desperate. I know Galway's games. Well, that's because John Coffey was was given out. You know. Yeah, well, also the, bra- still, the Bray situation. You are as well. still the media officer. Of I am. Galway. I am indeed. Yeah. Um, enjoying it immensely, actually, lads. Thanks a million for coming on, <laughs> George. You dropped the contractual bombshell at the end there. Just, just. Oh, I don't know where I'll I be. Think you dropped it on me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right clear, John, yeah. You did ask the question. Um, yeah. But yeah, you've uh, you've uh, hopefully permanent reason to look forward to next season and anyway, one with other. Yeah, um, please God. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, you must be loving life. So you've a lot to look forward to. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, two yeah. young kids teaching job that lets you kind of do whatever you want really <laughs> what time is it <laughs> almost almost the more charmed life you're not on your break in you're on your break that's yeah. it I'm going back back with the belt and, and, and briefly you're hoping to tie down these players next season Steve. yeah yeah that's a, the plan now and uh, I've already started the process is you know uh Try nail down a couple of new bodies and try keep keep our good ones. Literally nail them down like that's oh, it. Yeah. Don't let them out of the boot of the car. <laughs> Pat's Scully could give you some tips on that. Anyway, yeah. uh, that was in association with Future Tickling. Dolly.